My name's Chad. I'm one of the pastor elders here at Reality Ventura. As you know, we are in a short series for Advent. Dom spoke on hope, hope in the waiting two Sundays ago. And Billy spoke on peace. Jesus is our peace last Sunday. And today I will be speaking on joy. <clears throat> Yay. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. The title of this morning's sermon is Good news of great joy. But before we get into our text this morning, as way of reminder, let's be mindful that Advent is for admiring and treasuring Jesus. The Christmas season is one of the busiest times of the year, but it is also a season of reflection and preparation for that special day when we mark Emmanuel's coming, the arrival of our eternal God in our own frail humanity. Advent is an annual season of patient waiting, hopeful expectation, soul-searching and calendar-watching, marked by many churches, Christian families, and individual followers of Jesus. Advent is a time in which we, as God's people, need to be awakened and stirred up by the Spirit of God to feel some measure of joy that God intends for Christmas to bring. The English word Advent is from the Latin Adventus, which means coming. In light of us preparing our hearts in celebration of Jesus' first coming, would you join me in prayer? Jesus, as we stop, as we take time this Advent season to prepare our hearts for your first coming, I ask right now that you would prepare our hearts, that you would prepare our hearts this morning for your word, for your truth, that you would soften hearts, that you would give hearts faith to believe, that you would give hearts faith to receive your truth. God, I pray by the working of your Holy Spirit as truth is uh, received, as truth is believed, that people be set free to experience great joy. I ask even now, God, that you would give me grace now in bringing forth or speaking your word. I confess before my brothers and sisters that apart from you, I can do nothing. So God, now help me for your glory and for the joy of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, to start off, I just want to be totally honest and totally real with all of you. For those who know me well, especially my family, they know I struggle to find and experience joy during the Christmas season. I not only struggle with finding joy, but also my lack of joy due to my unhappy and depressing attitude pretty much quenches everyone else's joy around me, more so as it relates to my family, sadly, in which, honestly, when I think about it, it totally, like, grieves me that they're so full of joy and so excited about Christmas, and then I come along and totally quench their joy. Why is this? Honestly, I'm already kind of bent this way in my personality. I'm kind of melancholy at times. 
But when the Christmas season rolls around with all the craziness and commercialism that seems to play such a big part during Christmas in America, it seriously overwhelms me. And it has a way of, at times, of sinking me into a depression. It all begins when I go to Costco in August. Just, yeah, I'm just looking for some camping gear, maybe a sleeping bag. And I'm expecting they're still going to have that stuff out there. And I'm, instead, I'm totally shocked to find out that they've already turned the camping section into a Christmas section. And I'm faced with the overwhelming thought right there in Costco. Oh, no. Christmas is just around the corner, and it's only August. And then I just begin to grieve. It just grieves me that our American culture has turned what should be the greatest celebration, the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, into a materialistic indulgence of commercialism. Every year, just after Thanksgiving, I'm always saying to myself, what's wrong with me? Why am I so bummed out? I should be happy. Am I the only one that feels this way? And I realize this year that it's only getting worse. And I realize this is crazy that now Black Friday actually starts a week before Thanksgiving on a Monday. So pretty soon we're going to be celebrating Black Monday, probably next year. But in the midst of all this craziness and me personally wrestling with being overwhelmed and depressed, something significant happened to me a few years back. Actually, not that significant. I watched a Charlie Brown Christmas. Some of you may be wondering, what does Charlie Brown have to do with Christmas? First, for those who may have never seen a Charlie Brown Christmas, it's a classic commentary about Christmas in American culture, and yet captures the true essence and glory of God in the birth of our Savior. Secondly, I realized I wasn't all alone feeling bummed out and discouraged during the Christmas season, I actually found a friend in Charlie Brown. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Many of you who have seen A Charlie Brown Christmas may remember that in the opening scene, Charlie Brown and Linus are walking together outside in the snow, and Charlie Brown says to Linus, I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Linus responds, Charlie Brown you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy is right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. <laughs> so classic. 
If you're familiar with a Charlie Brown Christmas, you're aware that all the vignettes throughout the episode address different parodies, traditions, and emotions that many of us can all identify with during the Christmas season. And yet, a Charlie Brown Christmas climaxes at the end with the most glorious, wonderful, beautiful, and transcending truth in all history when Charlie Brown yells out, Isn't there anyone that knows what Christmas is all about? Linus humbly responds, Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Linus then steps onto the stage, steps on the stage alone, the lights actually go dim, and the spotlight shines on Linus for this climactic and glorious moment as he quotes from Luke chapter 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day, In the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And in this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Linus turns to Charlie Brown and says, And that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown picks up his sad little Christmas tree with a smile on his face. He walks outside just looking into the stars, just pondering and wondering in awe as the words of Luke chapter 2 run through his head. And he says to himself out loud, Linus is right. I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. And so my hope and my prayer this Advent season for all of us leading into Christmas Day is that we, like Charlie Brown, wouldn't let all the commercialism, busyness, unrealistic expectations, relational tension, family drama and such bum us out. Or for some who for whatever reasons find ourselves depressed for no apparent reason, ruin the beautiful simplicity of celebrating the birth of Christ our Savior. Amen. In which the Bible declares concerning Jesus the Christ, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. These glorious, 
powerful, eternal truths concerning Jesus is why Luke, inspired by the Spirit, penned the angelic declaration concerning the birth of Christ. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. As Christians, we have so much to rejoice about this Christmas season. We are reminded in Zechariah 9.9 of the prophecy concerning our coming King, which says, Rejoice greatly, daughter. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your King comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. This is why we rejoice and celebrate Christmas, as it says in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We are also reminded of what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke ten twenty. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yes and amen, my brothers and sisters. This is something that you and I, if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we today can rejoice that our names are written in heaven. And yet, with all the distractions and unrealistic expectations, and maybe for some of us like myself, the depression and funk that the Christmas season can bring, we need to be awakened. We need to be stirred up to feel some measure of joy that God intends for Christmas to bring. Awaken to the reality of Jesus Awaken to the beauty of Jesus. Awaken to the majesty of Jesus. Awaken to the salvation of Jesus that we have because of his grace and his mercy. Awaken to the pure joy of Jesus that we can find in him and him alone. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Not small joy. Not modest joy, but great joy. And if we don't feel this when we ponder the incarnation of the Son of God, we need awakening. We need to be stirred up. And I just want to encourage any of you like myself, if there's any reason as you ponder, as you think about the incarnation of the Son of God, if that doesn't awaken you to joy, If that doesn't stir you up to worship, ask right now. Draw near to God right now and ask the Holy Spirit, awaken me to your glory. Awaken me to your beauty. Stir me up right now to worship unto you. The joy Jesus brought into the world was like no other kind in history. Once we have it, It cannot be destroyed. Jesus said in John 16, 22, no one will take your joy from you. 
That's a radical and sure promise. No one will take your joy from you. The joy that Jesus came to bring is from outside this world. It is the very joy that Jesus himself has in God the Father, which he has had from all eternity and will have forever. There is no greater joy than the joy that is found in God because God is the greatest object of our joy and God has the greatest powers to enjoy. It is God, it is Jesus who is the greatest object of our joy. Not certain things, certain objects or things or certain people that become objects to us. It's Jesus that is the greatest object of our joy and God has the greatest powers for you and I to enjoy. For me, especially in this season, pursuing Jesus brings me joy, but only, but only when I purposely and proactively get my thoughts on Jesus by reading daily Advent event uh, devotionals, listening to old Christmas classics, For me, I had to purpose myself on December 1st to draw near to God. Like I said, maybe reading uh, devotionals every day, Advent devotionals, listening to Christmas classics. I need to purpose that from day one, allowing the Spirit of God to stir my affections and awaken me daily that Jesus is the greatest object of my joy especially with all the distractions and craziness and things that just want to rip off my joy. I have to be purposeful throughout this season. Jesus said in John 15, 11, I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. His joy was the very joy of God And he promises to put that joy in us. He promises to fill us with a fullness of joy. A joy that overflows out of our lives. That is the promise. That my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He pours out the love of God in our hearts as we're told in Romans 5 5 and we're also told in Galatians 5 22 that the fruit of the spirit is love joy and so on this is great joy and it cannot be taken away it is indestructible the joy that Jesus has given us is indestructible ah but our joy can go to sleep Many of us have probably experienced that our joy can go to sleep. It can be ripped off from discouragement. It can be buried by depression. That's why Peter says, I think it right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. Yes, it is very right, because how wrong How sad when we stand before great wonders and feel nothing. It is right, therefore, that Peter writes to awaken us 
to stir us up, to stir up our affections for the greatest wonder of all, the arrival, the work, and the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God in this world. The Gospel of Luke gives us the most detailed story of the arrival and birth of Christ and also the most detailed prescription of joy. Luke wants us to see that the story of the world meeting Jesus in the flesh is a story of the world finally finding full joy in God. It begins with the birth of John the Baptist. The angel said to Zechariah, Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he will go before him to make ready for the Lord a people prepared for him. Even before the baby was born, the message was a message of joy. Through his angel, the Lord promised the people that they would rejoice at the birth of John because he would pave the way for the Christ, the coming Messiah. The joy God's people would have in Jesus was so real, so intense, that they would feel it. They would feel it by just looking into the face of the messenger, a man set apart, declaring the coming of the king. Rejoice! The king is coming into the world to save sinners and spread his joy. Then the baby was born. The Messiah himself came forth from heaven through his mother's womb. That night, an angel appeared to some shepherds and declared, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And those poor, unsuspecting shepherds were hearing the chorus of the praise that we have sung ever since. You know that song. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And have... Okay, I better stop right now. I don't want anyone to be tempted right now to leave. I mean, I'm a horrible singer. But it's worth singing this song. I hope I, hope I inspired some bad singers right now. I hope I inspired somebody to sing this song this year, this season. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Just as the angel declared, rejoice. The king has come. And with this baby, fullness of joy. Great joy was born for all those who would believe. Do you believe? My brothers and sisters, I know that you believe, but is there anyone here today that hasn't put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? May today be the day of salvation. 
maybe the day that you believe and put your trust in Jesus Christ, may today be the day of great joy for you by simply drawing near to God, by simply declaring that you are a sinner and he is the Christ and putting your faith and trust in him. May great joy come to you today. During this Advent season, we need to know Christmas is not normal joy. Christmas, the gospel says, is great joy. Christmas is great joy. Christmas is not natural joy. It's supernatural. God set Christmas apart. He himself has come down in the person of his son. The word has become flesh. The long-awaited Savior is born. When the angel heralds his arrival, he says, I bring you good news of great joy. And when pagan astrologers traverse far and find him, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. God gave us a world of joys to get us ready for this moment when announcing joy no longer would be enough. God gave us joy for Christmas joy to surpass it. Did you hear that? That God gave us joy for Christmas joy to surpass it. But not only did God fill his world with joy, but also his word. The Bible is replete with joy. More than 200 times in an English translation is the word joy. But great joy appears in single digits. Great joy in the Bible is rare and climactic. At the anointing of David's own son as his successor, at the height of Israel's kingdom, great joy. At the restoration of the Passover after generations of neglect, great joy. At the dedication of Nehemiah's rebuilt walls after, after the return from exile, great joy. Joy is the stuff of every, day, of every day, but great joy is kept for the highest moments. Other than Matthew and Luke's mention of great joy at Jesus' birth, both Gospels celebrate great joy at his resurrection and ascension. Acts 15.3 mentions great joy at the surprising and wonderful inclusion of the Gentiles in God's new covenant people. And how else would Jude 24 describe our coming into God's very presence, the presence of God without the experience of great joy? Great joy at Christmas tells us something profound about God and how he works in our world. God gave us a garden in the beginning to prepare us a garden city in the end. God made the world to remake it in one day. God gave a first covenant to surpass it with a second. God gave John the Baptist to point forward to Jesus. God made a world of joys to surpass them all with the treasure hidden in a field 
the pearl of great price and the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. God gave us joy to accentuate and deepen the experience of great joy. There must be joy before there can be great joy. We must know good before we can know better. God designed his world of joys to prepare us for great joy in his son, Jesus. So, how then is the joy of Christmas not just normal, but great? Do Matthew and Luke give us any hints as to how Christmas joy is set apart from the joys we know and love every day, even in our struggle and pain and maybe for some of us, our depression? Let's look and close with three answers to those questions. First, great heights. Great heights. Hark, the angel who heralds great joy in Luke 2.10 is not alone. Suddenly, there is with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Note the great heights. Note the great heights of this joy. From the face of the earth all the way up to the heights of heaven, such news captures not only the lowly shepherds, but even the hosts of heaven who long to look into these things. And as God's glory rises to the highest places, so does our joy. Because we are most satisfied in God when he is most glorified. In both Matthew 2 and Luke 2, great joy comes together with worship and praise. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all they had seen. And the magi fell down and they worshipped him. Secondly, great lengths. Christmas joy also goes to great lengths. This is what the angel declared in Luke 2.10. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. Not just kings and high-ranking officials, but blue-collar shepherds. Not just Jews, but Gentiles, even pagan astrologers like the Magi. Black and white, women and men, laymen and clergy, plumbers and dentists. This is no tribal joy, but for all kinds of people, in every place at every time. This is not a small joy quarantined in Jerusalem, but a great joy that is extended and offered to all nations. Jesus came to purchase people from every tribe every nation and every people group. That is the love of God. And God's love and God's joy is offered to all nations. My friends, sons and daughters of God, this joy is for you. This joy is for you. As the angel declared, 
I bring you good news of great joy. Yes, it's inclusive to all people, but it's also exclusive to you. And I really want to encourage you this morning, especially those who are wrestling with this depression or despair or are discouraged, who have maybe lost their joy right now. This joy is for you. I bring you good news of great joy. Amen? Amen. Receive that joy this morning. It's for you. This great joy is for you. Yeah. Clap. Receive that joy this morning, that great joy. Thirdly, great depths. And Christmas joy also goes to great depths. Here's a joy deeper than every fear, deeper than every grief, deeper than every sorrow, deeper than every pain. Before the angel announces great joy, the shepherds are filled with great fear. This great joy comes into a world of great sin, great fear, great sorrow, great suffering. In fact, this child who is joy incarnate will be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and it will be his great suffering that secures for us great joy. From his birth in Bethlehem to his death on a cross, this joy was great enough to be born in obscurity, to be laid in a manger, and have no place to lay his head. He'd be rejected by his own people. He would be delivered by over by their authorities. And he'd be betrayed by his own friend. But this great joy could not be extinguished. It cannot be extinguished. It is too high, too long, too deep, even for death itself. It's a, this is a radical truth. This is true. We worship a risen king. Though we are celebrating our coming king, the reason we can have great joy too is what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, that he's also a risen king. Amen? The great heights of this joy rise above our emotions and overshadow our despair, depression, chaos, anxiety, and sorrows. As we are captivated by God's glory, God's beauty and majesty in the midst of our circumstances, if you are in any way wrestling with emotions of despair or depression or anxiety, my encouragement to you is to draw near to God as he promises to draw near to you. Allow yourself to be captivated by his beauty, to be captivated by his majesty, to be captivated by his glory, because then and then alone, you will experience the joy and presence and peace and hope of God in the midst of your circumstances. 
the great lengths of this joy extend beyond our insecurities and broken identities by believing we are now completely accepted and loved in Christ as sons and daughters of the living God. Are you someone that wrestles with being insecure? Are you someone that has a broken identity? Be reminded of your identity in Christ. You are an accepted and beloved son of God. You are an accepted and beloved daughter of God. He has forgiven all of your sins and removed them from the east as far as the west. He has received you. He loves you. He is for you. You are a son and daughter of the living God. The great depths of this joy goes deeper than every fear and grief, deeper than every betrayal and pain that we may have experienced and or may be currently experiencing relationally within our families or in our marriages as we remember Jesus was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, who empathizes with us in our weaknesses. Are you in a place of deep grief, deep pain? Have you been betrayed by somebody? Then remember that Jesus is a man of sorrows, someone that understands your pain, understands your sorrow, that he is acquainted with your grief, and he empathizes with you in your place of weakness, in your place of sorrow, in your place of pain, because Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was rejected. Jesus suffered for us, and so he is our great high priest who can empathize with our weaknesses. And our great joy, who is Jesus, is now with us to the end of the age. That's what Jesus said at the very end of the book of Matthew, that I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you to the very end of the age. He will never leave you or forsake you. He strengthens us in every fear, cheering us in every grief, lifting us out of our depression, holding us in all of our suffering. Until the day Jesus replaces every sorrow, Jesus promises no one will take your joy from you. No one will take your joy from you. May the Spirit of God open our eyes afresh to the glories of Christ this morning and give you a new taste of your indestructible joy only found in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, we just stop right now to take a moment to ponder, to consider these truths, to ponder, to consider, to meditate on the great joy that is found in Jesus Christ, your son. I pray, God, for my brothers and sisters this morning, specifically for those who are in a place of depression or sorrow or despair or fear or wrestling with anxiety. Give them grace right now. Increase their faith.
to move towards you, to draw near to you, to be captivated by your glory, to enjoy your beauty. God, would you help them now? Would you show yourself to be real? Would you restore joy to them, great joy? I pray specifically, as the Bible says, that you would restore joy to those who have lost it. Return the joy of their salvation in Jesus' name. And God, I pray for anyone who does not yet know you, by faith, right now, may they draw near to you and just say, woe is me, a sinner. God, save me. God, rescue me. God, forgive me. So God, now, enable your people to respond to your beauty and to your love that they may experience this season great joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I really want to encourage you to respond specifically, especially as we are celebrating and anticipating the coming of Jesus, that you would take communion this morning and remembering who Jesus is by remembering his broken body being broken in our place, by taking the juice this morning and remembering his blood spilt for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And then the carpets are up here for us to just come and kneel and worship or time just to be still and know that he is God. And then the prayer team will be on my right and my left. And the prayer team are just brothers and sisters that want to pray for you. Do you need joy to rise above your emotions and overshadow your despair chaos, anxiety, or sorrows, then come and get prayer today. Do you need joy to extend beyond all your insecurities or maybe your broken identity? Then come and get prayer this morning. Do you need joy to go deeper than every fear and grief, deeper than every betrayal and pain? Then come and receive prayer. God wants to meet you today. God wants to heal you today. God wants to show himself real on your behalf. So respond today. Respond, my friends.